I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. This is Malachi Jones, and you're listening to AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with my co-hosts, Ben Fretinale. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. John, take it away. <laughs> oh, I was trying to do the duet there. Oh, did you not? Were you singing as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. I oh, was, gosh. I, was. I completely didn't hear you. I was crooning. Tim, we're wishing you a happy birthday. I know. Let's say we could do the same with you. Same for you. It's a, it's a belated, by the way, and John Stark. <laughs> Oh, hey, what's going on? Tim, are you a Taurus? I am. Holy cow. Man, I am so full of it. Oh, I know you are. You're so bullish, Tim. Yeah, I'm full. I'm so full of shtim. Um, God. Yeah. So, yeah, happy belated to you, too. Oh, thank you, Tim. It was a wild ride. I'm currently eating old cake, Mm. uh, feeling very sick. Mm. It's great. It's good. Sarah Lee or uh, Little Debbie? Ah, well, it's it's mystery cake. We have no idea of its origin, <laughs> and and that's part of why I like it. It tastes wrong. Oh, and, I forgot yeah. about Betty Crocker. So it's a three way. <laughs> yeah, no, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, thank you for the wishes. Was your birthday good? My birthday was uh, exceptional. I was on my birthday shooting oh, a game, right. and it was uh, there was no other. Yeah, John and I, uh, you know, we went out. At uh, what was formerly Johnny Rockets, um, what's been turned into, I don't know, Backstreet Cafe or something in Albany. But, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We, we dealt with it. Yeah, we, well, we did. We I had get, the VIP section, too. Yeah. Backstreet's back. I know. So All right. All right. Um, that, yeah, that was cool. For me, what, what was I doing? I was uh, just regular. I was working. <laughs> ah, that Tim Capper, he uh, never sleeps. Mm. <laughs> Um, we had a very interesting week. We have some news to talk about from the league. We have some very interesting experiences from and stories to come from uh, our week, uh, John and my week in uh, Atlantic City. Uh, ben, we did miss you, dude. We understand the circumstances and um, uh, our our thoughts are with you, buddy. That that's, uh, that's, that's all I'll say. Tim. Our thoughts Appreciate are with you. So, um, but you know. Before we get, to, we have to talk about this because this has to lead off the show because you guys were doing something absolutely which I had been a part of uh, yesterday. Um, ben, give a little bit of tease, but it's just what leads uh, how the how this 
great day for you guys actually ends for John. So, get, Ben, give a little bit of context and, and a tease, and then we can c- continue from there. The I, I love your teaser. That's a, yeah. that's a perfect introduction. I yeah. mean, this is a seasoned professional here. So, John <laughs> and I headed up to Albany, New York, to interview Malachi Jones for the next 50-yard short. Yeah. And it was a fantastic experience. We were given... You know, our run of the stadium, essentially after practice ended, we were able to go to midfield and set up the lights and the and the interview equipment. And and he sat at midfield for the interview. It was a very cool setup. Uh, you can check out some photos on, on our social media channels. And uh, it was it was exceptional. Malachi is an incredible guy. He took a very active interest in the production itself because, you know, he is very into multimedia and he's a, a graphic designer and has his hand in the arts. So he was, you know, really into the production itself. And we flew a drone in the stadium. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. was amazing. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. And you really can't do it. The AFL is not a sky cam, obviously, and it's considered quite dangerous to fly a drone inside a stadium where there's a lot of people. But it was just us on the field, so we felt comfortable with it. And uh, it was amazing. I got some some crazy footage out of that thing. Um, and you know, we were there for a few hours and then we headed out and we, you know, stopped at Applebee's as one does. I got stuffed rigatoni and, oh. and the day was all really wrapping up quite well. And then, and then John had a really interesting experience right after that. Yeah. So, you know, we parted ways. We, we'd have, we had some dessert too there actually. We had brownie bites. Yeah, those were good. Those and, uh, I don't know what we, we, we left after rush hour, which yeah. was nice. So we didn't have to deal with any traffic. And uh, you, you know, I, you got to leave during the day. Actually, when uh, when we all all three of us usually leave at night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It was it was a treat. So uh, from Albany, I'm about five and a half hours with one or two stops. So I make it down to Newark, Trenton area, and moving along I-95 on the divided highway. I don't know what is it, what is that been like six or twelve lanes or something all yeah, the way across. It's, it's a chunky one. It's a big one. And out of nowhere, a goose appears and strikes my car. Or do I strike the goose? I don't know. But at this point, I'm still traveling at highway speeds. And all of a sudden, my car is flashing warning lights. And I have to pull over. And it's now 8.30 at night. And things are starting to get dark. I see lightning and thunder in the distance. And I'm sitting there waiting. I'm on the phone with my insurance company and the tow company. And I come to find out that the turnpike in New Jersey is a private highway. So I have, Oh, so I have to get authorization from the state police as well. Uh, so it turns into a long drawn out ordeal and, and the rain comes and I'm sitting there. So I end up, I end up getting towed out, out around 11 PM. Real nice dude. Shout out to Eddie. And Hey, Hey, (laughs) So, uh, New Jersey. Sounds like somebody, like somebody's calling in the show. Hey, it's Eddie from New Jersey. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, he takes me back to the yard and they hold my car there overnight. He drops me off at a Denny's. So I hang out at a Denny's <laughs> for like two and a half hours while I wait for one of my family members to drive up from the DC area uh, because I discuss with them, you know, what's going to make the most sense are you willing to come pick me up or should I spend the night at a hotel and get a rental car in the morning? So I get home last night at like four, four o'clock and can't really sleep. Cause at this point I've already been up for 24 hours and what's the point anymore? Sleeps sleep doesn't matter. So I call enterprise rent a car as my insurance company instructed me to and start getting things set up. 
the agent's super nice and cool. And he, he was like, so what were you doing so far out of town? And I, I told him I was up in Albany working on something for the Arena Football League. And he says, the AFL. And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah. And he says, I used to play for the AFL. And I, said, <laughs> I said, get out of here. So, so he, he says to me, yeah, I played for the Chicago Rush. And um, so that was back in 2000, 2001. Or I, think, I think that's what he said. And my name's Mike Crumpler. And he said, I used to play with a guy named uh, Reggie, Reggie Gray. He plays for the Valor now. And I'm like, oh my goodness! I'm like, shut up! Are you kidding me? And at this point, me and this me and this dude Mike are like laughing hysterical on the phone. Uh, it doesn't even matter. I'm on the phone for a rental car anymore. So uh, it turns out he even knew knew Reggie Gray's nickname, and uh, he said they played on the Bloomington uh, Extreme. I think. Yeah, I think they, that's what. Yeah, I, yeah yep. in '09 they played. They played together in '09. Oh man, unreal. So he says to me, so um, what What do you do? I say, you know, I'm a photographer and I'm on AFL tonight and that, and you know, look me up, et cetera. And um, he said, so what did you do last night? And I said, I, uh, I hung out uh, at a Denny's and it was on, it was on Butts Avenue. So <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, that, that was like, it just can't get any better than that. So I've had a good day today. And I'm I'm thankful that everything's going to work out, and um, insurance and the body shop and my car are going to be taken care of smoothly, and I'll I'll be hearing back about that soon. But you know we got to do what we got to do to get that Malachi Jones documentary. We do. We 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 don't spare any expenses. No, or time. No. <laughs> when you hit the goose, did feathers fly up comically? So a little over the I hood, know but he was Canadian or American. Okay, Tim. He was Canadian. He was Canadian. <laughs> it was a targeted attack. <laughs> and I really had no choice. Uh, and I look back in the rearview mirror, and there I see feathers everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, I felt terrible. I really did. Um, you know, it, it was the last thing I wanted to happen was to accidentally kill an animal. But... Um, it, it is what it is, uh, and folks. It's that one oh, and Ben, wait, not, what did you tell me this morning, him. Ben? Oh, we I had passed a dead goose on the side of the road, and it was a and it was an omen. I think it like, was literally an omen. on the drive back. You know, we were going the same direction. I saw a dead goose, and and I can only take that as a sign. And I confirmed with you, I saw that goose as well. How often do you see a goose on the side of the highway? It's just like it's not a common look. It's not. No, no. that's no. just crazy. I yeah. think one of the craziest stories we've ever had. I'm trying to look at, by the way, the player here. He's not. Would you? He's not in the arena fan database. I don't see him either. That's a huge I, miss on you, Tim. <laughs> that was really long. Ah, right? <laughs> uh, that was okay. So, yeah, so yeah, that was it was an intense experience. That was amazing. That, that's that's and hopefully. And by the way, I want to ask you. You talk about the drone stuff too, uh, Ben. Yeah. Are are you? Are you going to have some B-roll that you're going to be releasing besides what you have in the uh, the new 50-yard dash? Uh, I want to see this. I want to see this. B-roll, C-roll. Uh, you know, the thing with the with 50-yard dash this year and on last year, too, was each film takes so long uh, that I end up sort of just supplementing that with, with Instagram. So 
everything I shoot at games kind of ends up on Instagram too. Yeah. Um, so that's how I keep that even going because cool. yeah, like all the whole interview, it's not like I can post any of it really until we release it, but the stuff I'm shooting at games is still usable for social media. So we live on through our, through our social media. That's cool. So fo- follow us yeah. and, and you will live through us. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, that really, we, we got a lot of our stories. This, this is, this is like story time from AFL tonight this week. Um, Beside, gosh, I, I, we're going for that. We're going to top. I don't know how we could top that. That that story, dude. Uh, good thing you're okay. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, that, that actually, that's right, everyone. I am okay. Uh, there was no serious panic or injury to anyone else, but but the goose. Yes. Rip. Yeah. Rip goose. Rip goose. Rip. Rip. Actually, rip double goose because we saw the. Other yeah, goose. two gooses fell. <laughs> dark day for gooses fam oh dark day fam dark dark day and moving on um <laughs> so what'd you guys get up to last weekend right well, on uh, a more well, positive let's, note you know what? let's let's do this let's talk about what the, what happened last week with the games because it can lead into our story fair i think it's fair to say john sure i i think you're right okay so on friday uh in week two uh, friday week two philadelphia traveled to play the baltimore brigade in a rematch of the semifinal from last year, uh, the two-game semifinal, and uh, Philadelphia knocks off the Baltimore Brigade in a very low-scoring game of 36-27. One interesting thing to note here, guys, uh, is that, uh, yes, Joe Hills continued his streak. He got up to his 94th consecutive regular season game with a receiving touchdown, but that was his reception. One reception, seven yards, one touchdown, uh, worst output during his streak. Um, but we were wondering what was going on because I know we were watching the game and it just didn't make any sense. We hear post-game um, later on that Joe has a lower body injury. And we're wondering what the status is, but we, if you've been watching the practice reports, you'll, you'll see that it's, he looks like he's going to play. Uh, Radabaugh, 19-32, uh, 233, 5-1. Shane Boyd, 11-33, 238, 4-1. Um, leading yards receiver was Darius Prince at 98, 9 receptions. But Aaron Washa, man, I knew I should have started this dude in my, my <laughs> fantasy. Man, who would have thought? I mean, Aaron Washa, uh, you know, uh, money goes down. Washa steps up huge, huge. Five receptions, 92 yards, three touchdowns. I think what's funny is that uh, it seems that Philadelphia's running game right now, at least at the moment, has gone by, gone the way of the Dodo. Just didn't, has not done anything. I mean, Rip, rest in peace, Dodo. Yeah. It's a dark day for birds. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And then um, Wink. Oh. Lead, leading receiver <laughs> for the brigade was Milton Williams at 117 yards, two TDs. Uh, Brandon Tompkins and, as I said, Joe Hills also got the other touchdowns. No receiving touchdown. Uh, sorry, rushing touchdowns for Shane Boyd. Um, but what's, what's your thought on this game, guys? Uh, first, which is very concerning, which we'll be, I'll be talking about here in a couple of minutes, um, is the score, but it also looked like from, from week to week, Shane Boyd really did not look that good this week. Is, well, yeah, is Shane Boyd kind of like the Jekyll and Hyde quarterback? Good one week, bad the other? I guess he was Jekyll last week, huh? I mean, I don't know. He's, he's. He's Shane Boyd. I think you're going to get uh, his his. He's only going to give you a certain output average over time, and so this was just an example of of a game where I mean, look, he 
He threw for more yards than Dan Rodabaugh. He wasn't a total abomination by any and, stretch. And they had a nearly identical—I mean, nearly identical completion attempt yeah, ratio. Yeah, yeah. It's he wasn't bad. I mean, he certainly wasn't bad. But but overall, everyone's average passing is going down. And again, we will talk about that soon with scoring. Um, so everyone sort of is looking a little unre- unremarkable right now. So I don't even know if we can hold that against Shane Boyd. There's just clearly a league trend downward right now. But what a yeah. difference, though, for Shane Boyd from week to week, though. Usually, yeah. most most of the most of the guys we have, they are consistent in what in their yards and stuff like that. But um, I guess week three will find out, you know, specifically for Shane Boyd, which which Shane Boyd under center will show up. But also, I've said before, you know, we still have that. I don't even know if it's low key anymore. You know, rivalry between these two teams. Mm. So they just they play different when they play each other. Yeah, no, they definitely. I mean, that was definitely part of the mythology of this matchup. But I don't know if it's fading or what. One thing. Yeah. One thing I did find out though with the with the broadcast though is that this you know and I and I rarely say this about an arena football league game. It was boring. Yeah, it was a bit of a snooze fest, Tim. I mean, I I don't know if, if for those long those longtime fans is that blasphemous to say? I mean, I, I to call arena football an arena football game boring. Well, it, it's become quite strange to see essentially nothing better than an NFL score mm. uh, in the in an, in the AFL, and the AFL has such a standard of pace of play, of scoring, of general excitement, and when you siphon some of that out, you're left with like kind of wondering yeah you know what is the product you're watching at this point <laughs> it's like outdoor football condensed without the condensed excitement you get yeah um, and that's a tough trend uh, yeah and as i said we're, we're gonna be looking at this as much as we can through week two um just just uh, as 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 of note fellas um uh fourth quarter under the under one minute no touchdowns there are only two total touchdowns scored in the fourth quarter Nothing. Well, that's. Nothing, I think that's. Yeah. Nothing after the nine minute and forty four second mark. Nothing. I think that's because the teams are opting to take a knee when they're in the lead, and you know, there's also two touchdowns in the first quarter. Overall, it's just and the second. I mean, <laughs> it was just a low scoring game all around. This is almost not the best example because just no one scored at any point. But I, I hear you. Oh my god. Okay, and we'll. I'll go with the second game on Saturday. Uh, the I, I just I just hit notice now it's the identical score. Albany Wait. beats Washington thirty six twenty seven. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, How are we missing these things, gents? Ninety two hundred. Ninety two hundred. <laughs> That's on us. Ninety two hundred was reported, but uh, people were having had pictures there, and they were saying there was no way in hell. But that's you know um, marketing. Yeah. Um, Arvell Nelson uh, twenty of forty two fifty one and one. Uh, he did have three rushing touchdowns. This, that's the Arvell Nelson, but his, his stats were down. Passing stats were down quite a bit. Tommy Grady, nineteen of thirty-one, two forty-six, five and one. Uh, leading receiver for the Washington Valor uh, yardage-wise was Jared Dangerfield. Uh, the only receiving touchdown was to Desmond Epps, and we thought he was going to go off again. By the way, I'm sure when we first saw that he f- scored that first touchdown. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, Albany uh, Empire. Uh, Leading yardage was Malachi Jones, six receptions, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Demetrius Stevens, Quentin Sims, and Michael Benson also got in with, with rushing touchdowns. What's your thought here, guys? Well, I think that Albany uh, continues to to prove that its offensive structure 
is the most sound in the AFL. I, I, um, I would say actually offensive struggle. Defensive is perfect, but offensive Well, struggle. look, you've got Tommy Grady putting up cons- really consistent numbers. And again, I'm talking consistent in the scope of yeah. everybody's passing stats being down. Um, and their weapons just repeatedly succeeding. I mean, Michael Benson didn't put up a, he had a receiving touchdown this week, yeah, not a rushing yeah, touchdown. Yeah, but had one rush for seven yards, yeah. I mean, those are reliable weapons, and I think Albany has a has those those weapons in place. So I think that they're my overall takeaway besides Atlantic City is that they've got the most uh the most sound base going forward. Yeah. And then Washington's I don't know. Oh, uh, such a low scoring game, guys. Well I that's just you know <laughs> without so the I, box I, score is really depressing. It the, is. Um, it's probably one of the smallest all, box scores I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. They're all trending down, and it's yeah. not just it's not just the fourth and the second. The the first and the third, it's it's down across the board. Right. Blaming the timing rules for that is just not adequate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. Uh, this game, by the way, also no touchdowns under one minute in the fourth quarter. None. Sure. Um, also to note, I I had a feeling Desmond Epps was going to cool off. But the uh, yeah, those people of DraftKings. Oh, he's a superstar. Let's charge nine grand for him. Well, come on, blast, blast. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but we see Albany's Albany's defense did real well. Yes, yeah. um, that, 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 that's been good, yeah. especially their defensive backs. Yes, yeah. And finally, uh, the game that uh, John, myself, and uh, one of our one of a friend of mine who writes for Arena Fan uh, is a special writer from time to time, Cliff. Uh, Cliffy D uh, went to the game. Uh, I drove. Uh, I got up at 5 a.m., seven and a half hours, $10 worth of of, uh, <laughs> of tolls, but we got there. $10? Total? Yeah, between. Oh, great. That's it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you no, said it but, like it was a crazy figure or something. Well, no, that's it, one that's way. Like, to that's me, a that's, steal. That, that, that's well, it? That's one way. That's one way. Tim, it cost me $85 in tolls to go to Albany round trip. You got fleeced going down that coast. <laughs> God, yeah, you get. <laughs> Why do, do you do you have Easy Pass? Oh yeah, that's with the discount. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, I know. I, I can't believe it. these people out here paying cash. What? Oh man. Yeah, that's crazy, Canadians. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, get made it there in time. Uh, it was a long day, but well worth it. But uh, uh, Columbus came into uh, Atlantic City. We weren't sure what we were going to see from this arena. Um, but as it is, this, this is where our, our story time is going to start up again. But uh, Atlantic City knocked off uh, the Columbus Destroyers to keep them winless they, at 42-35. Um, Grant Russell had a better game in his first ever start. I mean, 21 of 36, 211 yards, five TDs, one interception. Randy Hippert, 17, only 17 to 22, 143-2 and zero. Uh, leading receiver for Columbus, uh, was uh, yardage wise was um, uh, Jensen uh, Stoshak, uh, 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Fabian Guerrero just came off the suspended list. Um, what a debut! Five receptions, 44 yards, three touchdowns. Paul Rivas also had a receiving touchdown for Atlantic City. Uh, Lamarck Brown and uh, Whitley Malley had a, had a touchdown and three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Antoine Grant, Lamarck Brown, and Randy Hippard. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the game itself, I mean, it was a good game. The atmosphere was amazing, in my opinion. Um, what did what did you think? Obviously, in my, my opinion, I think Columbus played a little bit better. 
They're getting a little bit better each day, and I think Coach Sock actually did the right thing to start uh, Grant Russell as their quarterback, Ben. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm actually really impressed with him, especially early on in this game. He reminded me a lot, actually, and he may continue to remind me of Sean Brackett a bit. He's got this mobility factor. Uh, doesn't use it really to rush, more so to avoid uh, rush or rushing attack. Asking um, at the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the offensive line isn't really giving him much time. But, but in lieu of that, he's doing pretty well um, as he shifts around the pocket. And I would like to see him take off more because it seems like he has some pretty good speed. And I think the other thing I'm impressed with is Stoshak. He's sort of – their receiving core who – almost was unrecognizable to start the season actually is decent. I mean, these guys have it, you know, I think if Russell continues to improve Columbus may surprise us when initially we really thought they were going to be the last place team, like without question. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed with, with the way Columbus played today. Um, I'm curious whether you guys thought the attendance number was accurate. Do you think it was really 6,000? Uh, well, I heard some things. I would not be surprised if it was paper. I think somebody brought that up on social media saying that there there are a lot of giveaways. And I think that from what I heard early on, I think that really needed to be the case. And I think they wanted the sometimes you have to. I mean, come on, Ben, if you think about it, do you really think there was 14,000 at the at the Valor inaugural game, too? I don't think there were 4,000 people at the brigade game. I mean, <laughs> well, no, this uh, week. But but I mean, I bet, but I'm talking about you know, you're talking about inaugural home games. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know th- there was not. I mean, yes, there was in butts and seats, but how many actually paid? Oh but yeah. For Atlantic City, you know what? If if even if it wasn't six k uh, that was bought, if it can bring in some more people, considering that it was kind of crappy, um, not really have done much in in the way of advertising yet. Um, there was nothing really on the boardwalk at all walking into the arena except for a, uh, an LED light sign. Um, they're, they're, they're trying. But Do no. you know? But, but no, there, was, there wasn't 6,100, yeah. but the thing, there wasn't 6,100 paid. But the, the fans that were there, of the 6,000 that were there, I, they, I, they got to see a good show. They, I think they actually got to get, get to see a good show. John? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as a overall well-balanced game, I think that had a lot. We had... Great work on both teams from both quarterbacks. I think Randy Hippard's numbers were a little bit lower because he really just didn't have to do much. We had uh, Atlantic City balancing the ball. They had rushing and passing touchdowns as well as a great inter- interception uh, by well, Lyndon Trail. He got in, like, directly in Grant Russell's passing lane, just yeah. snatched the ball out of the air yeah. and ran it back like 10 yards, dove like right in front of me in the end zone. It it was beautiful. Uh, But yeah, like you said too, Ben, Columbus's receiving core really is coming together. And I think that they've changed a little. We've had a guy or two get reassigned and we've had some new players come in. And like Tim, you said, Fabian Guerrero Jr., he came off of the suspension list. And um, he's kind of like a Kendrick Ings type receiver. He's real shifty and fast. So it's no surprise he was able to pulling three touchdowns off of just three, uh, five receptions. Um, I was happy with that game. I thought the yeah. boardwalk hall was like real historic. Uh, the the pipe organ Crazy. On, on the stage, and I confirmed this, um, it is the largest pipe organ in the world measured by the number of pipes. 
which if, oh. but, but but if I'm not mistaken, according to Wikipedia, they actually don't know the actual number of pipes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What? So we've got some these two facts. The two facts you guys just delivered were unbelievable. But basically, they're <laughs> both from Wikipedia. Yeah, from from, from what I from what I oh understand. My God, what? I mean, yes, it, they, uh, this this organ is in the uh, uh, it is in the Guinness Book World Records. But okay. I think it's just because of the sheer number. Because anybody who happened go over to go over to our <laughs> Facebook page or go over to John's uh, John's photo page um, and check out what this thing looked like. It it the organ is massive. It just the keys alone. It's just mind blowing. "Quote unquote," the organ is massive, says yeah. Tim Cap, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but so yeah. No, I was very happy with this. Yeah. Um, and I would say w- there was there was a solid fifty five hundred, if not six thousand. And if it if it was papered, that's okay yeah, because they, we're trying to create new fans. I totally agree. By the way, yeah, I think teams giving away tickets is not a problem, yeah. um, especially because there's always going to be it's it's not like there is a chance of a sellout. So giving away tickets is just filling seats that like objecting to that is saying, oh, they should have left the seats open. It's not like they replaced people that would have otherwise gone to the game. So right. And attendance in the AFL is like we were saying, it's not paid attendance. It never is. So you can measure Literally getting people to come to, to games for free is not even easy. So so getting anyone in the stadium is great, and especially with a new team in its first home game. I'm totally a fan of that. I, I want, Columbus, I think, is trying to do that too, right? Uh, well, they have a bit. They have a bigger uh, season ticket base, though. Right, they certainly do. Um, I, I'd be happy if they were to get twelve. Yeah, I would be really happy. I think that I'm hoping that what's that's what's going to be the case. Um, now, Ben, I know you weren't able to make it. Um, I know you originally were supposed to, but uh, John, with you and I being there um, and us also seeing a game at Arena Bowl over at Royal Farms, what's your thought uh, between these two arenas, older arenas that have have stages? <laughs> I I think they're they're very similar. I, I definitely think that the Boardwalk Hall has more character and it has... You can just, it has more feeling to it. It doesn't have DJ Styles, though. Okay. Shout out to DJ Chris Styles. So uh, I just, um, I think they're similar. I think that Royal Farms Arena is a little more generic. I, um, I actually did a, you're not in front of me because you couldn't see my reaction. I did a double take basically when you said that. I think you're totally wrong. <laughs> oh, a little I conflict here I, on AFL tonight. I honestly think that um, Boardwalk Hall was has a lot more character. Um, you know, I, it, it, for you to well, say, I did. Ju- I said Royal Farms was generic. Right, right. But I mean, for me, right. really, the only thing it, you know, it, it's funny. <laughs> the stage at Royal Farms seems weird. The stage at Boardwalk Hall seems like it it belongs. Um, you know, Royal Farms has the has the wooden seats in the upper deck. Um, you know, uh, Boardwalk Hall has the arches. Boardwalk yeah, it's an Hall, open atrium. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Boardwalk Hall, and I didn't get to see all of them. They had all these seals, or or, or not not the <laughs> not the mammal seals, but the, you know, seals of I don't know uh, city seals Just by a rose. I, I don't know what they were, but they're all across the back of the arena. Um, I don't know what each of them said, but 
you know, it's funny. You go walk into the bowels of this arena. You think, eh, you know, it's it, it's like every other arena until you walk out. Because now after seeing the video footage, uh, it was on the on the AFL Network um, broadcast of the game of the you know the games that the the actual gridiron football games that were played there, and seeing the pictures and seeing how the arena was set up, I can understand it now because it didn't make any more it made any sense how this arena could hold what was essentially a hundred yard game. But because of how long, because anybody who really didn't get a, a good example of what this place looked like, even where the field stopped, how much more room, John, was there until it was a stage? I mean, another yeah, that's 25 yards, there. another 40 yards. What was it? I would say 35 yards. So you do that, remove all the seats, because most of the seats there were temps. Even, even the temporary temps that, 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 they, that they called, quote unquote, media, media row. You remove all those. This place just had a lot of charm. You know, it's 100 hey, years old. I, I, I love it. And it's right on the boardwalk. Right on the boardwalk, you go out and you're on, on the beach. It's by far way above Royal Farms. You said there were some seals. Were those quotes of like Heidi Klum or I something? Don't I don't know if it was a city seal. I don't, I'd have to actually try to see if I could do some research and find out. But there were, there's like three of them behind me in Media Row. I know you didn't see them when you came up to, to, came up to see me at halftime. But they were right there. You know, like they're set up like this is the weirdest analogy. They're set up like stations in a uh, in a church. You know what I mean? Stations of the cross for for okay, yeah, sure. Stations of the cross. That's how almost how they were set up all the way around the arena. But I just don't know what they were. Well, if, if I get a chance to go back again this season, I'll check it out. Yeah. But it had a charm, and I would love to have seen the 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 the, the pipes. <laughs> I know it sounds weird to say that. Because were they just... were they behind the curtain? John, do you know this? I, cause they, they, I don't know. I thought they're self-enclosed within the actual instrument itself. They're talking about the number of possibly being upwards of anywhere between twenty to 35,000 pipes. I, what are we talking about? <laughs> the Boardwalk Hall Auditorium. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, you don't know this, Ben. Okay. So, okay, for everyone listening, so funny. I just hit the Wikipedia. The Boardwalk Hall Auditorium Organ is the pipe organ in the main auditorium. It was built by the Midmer-Losh Organ Company. Wikipedia says it's the largest organ in the world as measured by the number of pipes. It says officially 33,112 pipes, but the exact number is unknown. There. Yeah, that's a big organ. It's it's insane. Yes. And I'll bet if you hadn't seen it, uh, like everybody else, go to our Facebook page or, or to John's photo page, gal- a photo gallery page, and check out. You'd be surprised. He got some amazing shots. He got two amazing shots, Ben, of what this organ looks like. This is incredible. One last fact. It holds four Guinness World Records. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Yeah. It can hold five bodies, too. You're not wrong. It just, I say, I think this place has, if they can put, pack this thing in with, with fans, it'll be amazing because I, I think it's set up properly. It's a great atmosphere. It really is. And Do you think Atlantic City's market is tourism or permanent residence? I think it's, I think it's 100% tourism. I think it has okay. to be. That's interesting. I mean, because that's much more challenging. That's like what Vegas the amount of Because I actually walked. The boardwalk from where we were staying near the Tropicana all the way up to Ocean, the Ocean Resort, yeah. it's a long-ass walk. <laughs> right. It's a long walk. I mean, they certainly have a, you know, an uphill battle, I think, to gain any sort of permanent fan base. 
And if they're not advertising actively outside, I don't know how the hell they're going to get anyone to randomly walk into the stadium if that's kind of what they have to do. Let, let's hope they'll be able to figure that out. Yeah. Let's hope they'll be able to figure it out. Um, wow. Uh, we're only at the thing around how far we're already into the show. Uh, but we, we have our own post-game story ourselves, Ben. <laughs> oh, please. I would love to hear it. Did you kill another goose? No, no. It's the third one. Oh, Tim, don't lie. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Um, snapped the goose's this, neck in the bathroom as I ate mystery cake. God. <laughs> uh, we were lucky enough to go, uh, myself, John, and uh, my friend Cliff, to go into the bowels of... Oh, Stop! I, I knew you That's twice when now. I <laughs> to go into the... the, the under, if I can even say undercarriage and you still laugh. Um... <laughs> we were able to go meet up with coach James and uh, just go into his coach's office. Yeah. We hung out in the office. We hung out in his office, Ben, for like 30 minutes and just wow, talked, love that. talked arena football, everything, everything. And we learned a few things. Remember how, remember, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, we were talking about how the, the current uh, Atlantic city helmets weren't going to be the current, the current weren't going to be the, the helmets in the future. Well, we found out that's for sure. Somehow, and I think we all talked about this, but what would make these helmets look amazing? It looks like, Ben, they are going to be putting some sort of stripe on this helmet that will include all the different suits. Oh, fantastic. Okay. What about the size of the logo on the helmet? Uh, from what I understand, it's actually going to be a little bit bigger. And I, okay, I, that, good. To, to <laughs> because it looks tiny. Well, see, that's just funny. John I, and John and I were talking about this, uh, I think, after the fact. And I, it's funny, guys, I thought it was too big already. That's what she said. Uh, yeah, Stop. no, I, I thought it was really small. <laughs> but I, <laughs> she said, no. but I actually did. <laughs> it looks weirdly small on the helmet. I, I don't know what, what it co- is. And that's what Coach James said. That's what Coach James yeah. said. I think but it's that, supposed to be but, another another two inches bigger. But <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, was, I was very close to the crowd during the game. Yeah. And I spoke to a couple fans. They told me that they like the helmets. I'm just the throwing helmets that out there. Nice. The helmets are definitely like there's something to work off yes. of. Yeah. As soon as they added the, the, the red chrome face mask, yeah, that's amazing. Huge improvement. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but I think as soon as they add these new, the new stripes, who knows? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's stunning. For, oh, the, the nameplates are absolutely horrible, though. Those are changing. They are changing. They are okay. changing. Thank God. Oh yeah. my God. They're like weirdly stretched out horizontally. That yeah. Could it be the so font of too? Could it be the font that they're using? I understand it's, they're trying to both. use a a card ish type of font, or I don't know what they're using, but it's you know it doesn't look like a thick Times New Roman. It looks absolutely it's crazy. Weird. It has I think the different points that are used within the the numbers and stuff like that. I don't think Albany's not doing the exact same thing. They're using a different nameplate. Albany has a couple of similar issues for some reason. The nameplate font is not terrible, but on a couple of players' nameplates, it's like stretched out horizontally. Yeah. And, and that ha- that's happening to like half the players in Atlantic City too. So yeah. hopefully somebody standardizes this. Um, I think Phenom mentioned to me at some point that they weren't the ones applying the nameplates, so that no, sort of added. That's it. I have a, and I have an official statement. We'll bring it up in a couple of minutes, but I do have okay. an official statement on that too, from directly from Phenom Elite. Oh, okay, great. Um, for the first time, I actually got to hold a game ball. For the oh, he touched yeah. it. But what was interesting, and John, correct me. I, I think Coach said something specific when it came to the balls and the 
and the gloves from Phenom Elite. What what was it that he said? He said that there there seems to be an oil coming off of the gloves onto the balls, so it's making it difficult and well, just difficult to grip the balls. They're becoming a little slippery. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> That's how it was said. <laughs> I really can't so, even laugh because that's how it was said. Yeah, that's how okay. it was said. And, and okay, you know, I trust you. And you know what? You know what's funny, Ben? What? None of us laughed. Well, <laughs> well, applause to you guys. I I will be a kid at heart until I die. <laughs> that will never not be funny um, to me. Coach did say, if I remember correctly, what what they do have to do is they actually have to work in the gloves. They got to wash them. They got to wash the gloves to get some of this residue off the gloves. So they do, so it doesn't come off on the. Yeah, that on, seems like it's going to reduce tackiness, isn't well, it? Not necessarily. I, I, it won't come off on the game balls. So it doesn't. It, it's like a you got to do one so you don't cause the other. I see. Type of thing. Wow, that is a really really bad problem. I, it maybe would it happen with if it were Spalding? We don't know. Right. We we don't know at all. So, um, coach brought up some some interesting stuff too, and this is what I just love. As I put in my tweet, I said, you know, hashtag, this is what, this is why I love the, the AFL. Um, coach was talking about specific of what he did and he didn't like uh, about the different rules. Um, brought up a, uh, just in mention, just he brought up, because I don't think he would want us to go into much detail about this. But he did say that he was looking into plays that had not been used in the Arena League in years. He what now? I didn't ask specifics. John didn't ask specifics. I think we knew not to ask specifics. But I'm curious to know if he has to the way how he explained it, Ben, and what yeah, he, what, how he had to explain and get conf, not necessarily confirmation but verification from the ops manual. You can only imagine wow. what he's trying to run. Wow. What I mean, is- I, I have a lot of thoughts of plays I would like to see in the AFL. Yeah. And hopefully some plays that will come back. I don't know if you, if is this my forum to guess. Well, with us not knowing, go ahead. What do you think? Okay, I would really love to see uh, more wildcat plays, which were discouraged uh, in 2008 and basically eliminated. Okay. But the most successful goal line plays as I ever saw were snaps directly to um, fullbacks or wide receivers where no quarterback was on the field. It's it's in the AFL. It's a great play, and I don't know if they were told not to do this anymore. I don't know that there's an official rule that prevents it from being used, but it is extremely effective, and especially when it's combined with the motion receiver coming behind the the quarterback, and so you can do fake handoffs, you can do options. These are things that are not done in the AFL anymore, and I would maybe Coach James is bringing those back. I don't know, but but we didn't ask, and I think it wasn't our place to ask. Yeah, but it's just that. how he explained it. seemed ve- It was very intriguing, yeah. um, and I think we can can honestly say that Coach um, is not a fan of the current one minute rules. Um, he even I think he admitted, and maybe I just maybe paraphrasing here. And John, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. That he's had to adapt and adapt in such a way where certain things that may have have occurred under one minute may now just maybe occur at four minutes or may occur at, you know, two minutes. It's, I think the, the, the new one minute rules are, are there. They are challenging and frustrating all in one, all in one this year. 
and I, I, I think that that will go into our next segment. But uh, before we finish, John, anything that I may have missed? I don't think there's anything you missed. I think you covered everything okay. we can talk about. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were. By the way, we we're talking about uh, the other two games. There were no touchdowns scored under one minute in the in this game either between Columbus and Atlantic City. Well. Yeah, Atlantic City chose to run the clock out the, as best they could yeah. and take knees and end the game early. Yeah. Um, so you go through the first two weeks of the Arena Football League this year, and I know it's just, a, it's just such a small sample, but we are under 80 points per game. 80 points per game. This is, and this is a league where we are so used to seeing games over the 100, you know, very close or over or consistently over the 100 total point mark. And that's just not what is happening. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know where this will end up going. Um, I'm trying to find the actual stats here because I, I was able to get some. Another thing too, and I wasn't able to do the grand totals of this, but you guys noticed that possessions are down too just because of these new one minute, or because of the new rules overall? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, the ball was changing hands quite a bit. In uh, in the last minute, I don't know if we talked or John, if you mentioned this on the show last week, but we talked to Commissioner Bo, and he he said to us after the game, we brought that we brought this up to him, or before the game actually, before the Albany opener, uh, we were saying, you know, we brought up the the one minute rules. He said that they had done some sort of deep research that made it sound very legit, um, that had revealed that there was not significant scoring going on in the final minutes. And the only significant thing that was happening was games were being extended by something like 30 minutes uh, on average or something like that. And that was the determination the league made. I'm curious if anyone has the time to actually find out if that's true. You know, we're looking it up. That's something we're yeah. doing because you know what? Okay. Without seeing the actual notes, I, uh, my first reaction would be garbage. Yeah, I, uh, it's I'm hard so, to believe. I'm sorry, Commissioner Bo, but I think that that statement is garbage. If I'm, I'm wrong, whoa. If I'm <laughs> wrong, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I, well, I mean, so yeah. I, you know, in terms of all this, I, I'm going to take the time personally to to look up the first quarter scoring for the last two or three years because I'm continuing to make that one of my points personally is that I, I think the scoring is down in the first quarter league wide. Yeah. Over the last few yeah, years, the first quarter is terrible right now. I mean, yeah. this year particularly, there well, was yes, this what, year one touchdown scored per team in each of roughly. these games. Yeah, yeah, roughly over the last uh, six games, roughly yeah. two weeks. Yeah, the, the last so. the last time that this league scored under under 100 points per game uh, on the season was back in nine. Uh, was back in '96, and that that that's where that's, that's crazy. That's well, where twenty three years ago. Yeah. That, and from there, it's funny. From eighty-seven to ninety-six, we did. It was anywhere between uh, sixty-five, uh, just above, just below seventy, which was uh, ninety, uh, eighty-nine and ninety, to within the seventies, the eighties. I said the most that it was was in back in ninety-nine, where it was ninety-five points per game. I mean, guys, we we are at nineteen ninety-three levels right now. Yes, it's two weeks. I get it, but we're still at nineteen ninety-three levels. Where where compared to last year. Uh, last year's average, we're twenty-one, but we're three touchdowns under. 
So, well, that's because they're eliminating the amount of time they have to score. As long, I, <laughs> exactly. But, but but overall, I mean, I, I think over the last several years, and and I don't have the numbers to to back this up, but I know every year we've been noting that scoring's down, scoring's down. Of course, there are games where like someone suddenly scores seventy points, and it's very rare. But the AFL. Last year, we were definitely talking about the defensive shift the league has made. And I don't know, besides the timing rules, because right now it's very clear that it's not just the timing rules that are causing this. This is happening in every quarter of every game where scoring is down. And this this year and every year, the first four weeks are lower scoring. Like, there's no preseason, training camp is 30 days, everything starts slow in the AFL and then picks up. But still... Trending over years, we're seeing scoring is down. I have really no idea why that would be, because unless it's caliber of talent, that's the only thing that could possibly yeah, affect that to me. But, but overall, Ben, at least the last two years in eighteen, seventeen, and eighteen, we were at, we were on identical ninety eight point eight points per game combined, and then in twenty sixteen we're at one hundred three, and from there we, you know, we went all the way. To... Oh, so, okay, so you have these numbers. So when was it above that? Well, wait, real quick. Seventeen, there were far less teams, so the averages. Well, they were in eighteen be... too. Right, so the averages are going to change as well because well, there's less data to. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. And there's tw- there's twenty. Well, there are two, yes, there are twenty nine total games in twenty twenty eighteen. Thirty eight total games in twenty seventeen. Seventy one games in twenty sixteen. What a jump! So. What what was your question, Ben? About oh, it was really just is there? I'm curious if we're in an era right now that this is a problem with. From tw- like, is a hundred points per game good? I, I think so. Let's was it, it was that the average in 2005 or whatever? You know what the league averages over the last 31 years? 30 well, 30 yes. years. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Tell me. 98.7 points per game. Okay. Wow. All right. Over 32 years. Over th- well, 31 including this. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. points per game Mm. from uh, 2005 2005. through 2016. The league averaged over 100 points with a high in 2010, the first year back after after the whatever you want to call it. It averaged 111.5 points a game up from 2008 where it was 110.5. So you're saying that last let's just compare the last two years because it's really the only like relevant data i guess we have for the amount of teams that we have right now monumental we had a huge timing rule change last year and then the scoring average was the same exactly that's what you're saying but but so i, I but, think it's more of an endemic problem to the oh but yeah but the only the change the, the only change to the one minute rules last year was the kneel down not having to get positive yards i mean that's a rule that all of us are really pissed about that's one of the main i mean that's one of the main things we liked about yeah but, the but, time but, but that's not what it is now no, I know. What I'm saying is that I mean, last year and the year before have almost identical averages, and last year had the kneel down rule removed. Yeah, but, so but, it, but it's true. Maybe John, that's not the biggest factor to what's happening. As John did say, less team. Who it maybe would have gone over 100. Maybe would have gone. I don't know. Yeah, but now it's it's the running clock, no stoppages on incomplete passes after uh, under 30 seconds or the fourth quarter of timing rules as they're calling calling them now. Well, I mean, I, I mean, hate I hate the new rule. I'm just I'm just interested, sort of, a, whether this is a modified. trend that goes beyond that. It has to be modified. Well, I get it that these games are now averaging two hours and fifteen minutes by on average. That's what it looks like. Well, because 
okay, let's let's say it like this. They want the games to be under two and a half hours or at two hours and 15 minutes for a lot of reasons. There's additional expenses accrued for everything on every level for that extra time. And for these fourth quarter, quote unquote, timing rules to extend the game an additional 30 minutes is that something the league wants to be paying for because they're not making any, or I don't know if this is a fact, but they may not be making any additional money for having the fans in the seats or having the arena rented out longer or having all the employees there working Mm -hmm. that extra 30 minutes. Is this a cost savings thing? Possibly, but you know, who's to say, but the people making the decisions, I think what monumental is thinking and, and uh, is that, it, there, people are there too long. You know, it, it, it's you know, got, you know, uh, it's driving people away. This is how I understand it. It's driving people away that these games are lasting more than two hours and thirty minutes. I don't think that's the case. Mm. I think if you're a winning, yeah. team, if you're a winning team, you're going to draw no matter what. It's arena football, but the problem is, if we're going to go from a league where we're averaging close to hundred points per game, and if at the end of this season we're down by three touchdowns. Can the league actually say that it's successful? That right. okay, that they a they reduce the time to anywhere between two fifteen and three and two thirty. Okay, that would be successful. But if you lose twenty one points and you, the last minutes of of your game, which usually have been the mo- in history known history that has been the most exciting in arena football, that it basically become a kneel down fest. Boring. Well, well. Maybe they're trying to shift the focus to the entire game being exciting and not just it, the last but it is, 30 minutes. But, but it is. And I understand what you're saying, at, what you're getting at, though, John. Yeah. I agree with you. But the thing is, scoring is down altogether. This new – the new rule for – in uh, I mean, they did – you know, the clock has now stopped on extra points. Now it's running. Now it's yeah, that's, running. that's a big change. I mean, I kind of like that rule, <laughs> but you you, um, you spike the ball if you well, you, it speeds things up. It yeah. makes people hurry onto the that field. That makes things yeah. more enjoyable right. to watch from an in-stadium perspective. But it, because you that, see more action, things yeah, are getting done. Yeah, but the other the other changes don't. But spiking the ball now, which is usually a staple in any football league, you, it doesn't mean squat in the AFL anymore. The clock continues to run. You got to use one of your Stop the clock, thirty second timeouts or whatever the hell they're called now. Tim, I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you do you see besides the one minute timing rules? Yeah. Do you have any sort of explanation that you can think of for why scoring would be down in other quarters? The only thing I can think of at the moment is, and I think John and I mentioned this last week. I think we mentioned it in week one too. Is that this could be could be considered their preseason games? The yeah, first well, two, certainly. The first, two I would like to see stats on that, but. But then again, look, do you call the, the Baltimore-Washington game an anomaly? That's the highest scoring game of the year so far. Yeah. That's the highest scoring game. Um, the quarterbacks seem to be the same. I mean, yes, we have new people, but we have good quarterbacks. We have good receivers. It's just that these new rules, they've got to do something, I think, to increase. Because, again, will they, would, would the executive consider 2019 to be successful if they get the timing down which they wanted, but if the scoring is down, if the scoring is down, because right now it's more than ten percent, it's down. Uh, it's how oh, it's down twenty percent. If I, my math is correct, it's about twenty percent that it's down. 
Well, what? Let me ask you this: What's the scoring have to do with anything? I mean, not to sound ignorant, but no, no, I answer. It, I answer yeah, what, what's the scoring going to equate to in an end result when it comes to actual? Money. I think like it's a numbers. branding thing. I think that yeah, oh, money. The AFL is significantly less exciting to watch. Sure, yes. Which I would argue that it is right now. Uh, that is just killing the entire purpose of the league's existence. Yeah, the, never, the AFL exists to be that entertaining property that exists in the off season that people can go to locally, what? and for it not to even be close to that right now, it kills the entire purpose of the AFL, in my yeah. opinion. When you, when you, what seems to be right now, when you have the IFL. They probably have a higher average per game currently than the AFL, which is mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And they modified, they adjusted their one-minute rules. If there is a blowout, they'll, you know, they'll oh, wave, they'll wave the, 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 forward, uh, the, the forward yardage if you're leading. They'll wave it. So then are we going to blame the talent for being too prestige? No, <laughs> it, it's, no it, I'm, it's, it's been a running clock. I think it's I think it's gone from where the clock did stop to now consistently running clock on certain things. I think it's making a huge difference. I think it's really making a huge difference because could Columbus have come back last week versus Atlantic City? Hell yes. If they had had the chance. Yeah. You know, coach coach James Bob a few things that I'm sure he's going to try to use which will as I said, coach these coaches will adapt. They may not like it, but they'll adapt in order to get the result that they want. Something that may currently be seen as a negative, they may use it to their advantage. So the clock continues to run. I love this version of you, Tim. I, I, I never You're a very thought, heated man. I, I never thought I'd call the <laughs> Arena League boring. But that, I'm sorry, that to me so far is what it's... When you have two games in two weeks are just utterly just unwatchable. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah. When I went to see my very first AF2 game in Albany... I think the final score was very similar to what it was for the Atlantic City game. I said, I said to my wife, I said, this is not the Arena League. It may be arena football, but this is not, the, this is not what I'm used to. If, they, if teams can average in the 40s and 50s as a final score, I think I'll be happy. Me too. But these 20-somethings to 30-something finals, no. Well, let's see, let's see what happens after this faux preseason and after these rosters start to get sorted out more, you know, we're talking about how the receiving cores are coming together. The defenses are going to work their way, work themselves out, and maybe we'll start seeing higher scoring. You know, g- give it a little more time. We yeah, yeah, we can hope. And we're, we're looking. We're like waiting for some more data, but we are going to be looking into how much scoring may or may not be down after one minute. And I think so far, <laughs> I'm sure it's down at least 75% so far because of the new rules. Well, yeah, and it's intentional. They want the game to end. Right. Yeah. I, uh, and, and to be completely transparent, I am, I, I am fine with the changes to the first half rules. Maybe you could throw in the 30-second clock stoppage, okay? The 30-second timeout. There has to be some sort of modification to the fourth quarter rules. The game has to be able to be winnable. Right now, the way that it is with a continuously running clock, when you even throw a, a, a freaking incomplete pass, I, I don't. If they can keep it within their time that they want, no matter what their analytics say, c- congratulations. This is so good. But with scoring down, we don't need an NFL game indoors at all. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. We need to move on. 
Wow, that was fantastic. So, so you mentioned before, by the way, I think, Ben, you brought it up, uh, about there were some issues over the past two weeks when it came to the, these new uniforms from Phenom Elite. And yeah. a lot of people were ragging on not only the uniforms, but specifically Phenom Elite. Now, I, we hadn't asked for anything, uh, a statement, but, we, but I was able to get one from, from Nathan Dorton, who is the guy who is the, the founder, creator uh, of Phenom Elite. I'm trying to find what his his comment was here, but but continue for guys. What what are you noticing? Any differences between one week to the next when it came to uniforms and and how they looked on field? Uh, not really to me. No, I think um, you know you're still seeing general wear and tear. You know, but arena football and football in general, that's going to happen with uniforms that are not stitched. That was a decision that was made, obviously, not to do that. Um, the numbers are just screened on, even though they are, they're like faux stitched. Um, the Russell athletic uniforms are the same way. And those came apart constantly. Um, football's so physical. So the uniforms are tearing, you know, no matter what you do, but I don't know. There's other inconsistencies. Like I was saying with the nameplates that I think are more bothersome to me, but it is a little bit of an embarrassing look when things start tearing off. Yeah. I'd heard something that they were talking about. Uh, numbers were just being were able to be just peeled off post game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild to me that there's not some consistency or shop that all of these jerseys are being sent to, right? For a certain standard to be met, yeah. and for it to be what should be AFL caliber quality, right? So I'm not sure why the teams were left to fend for themselves to have this sourced out locally. Cause I, I assume that's what's going yeah, on. And I found this statement. Here's a statement from, from Nathan Dorton, uh, founder of, of, of Phenom elite. Um, we were asked not to apply the names and numbers to the jerseys. The teams did that individually. So the issues that may have occurred were not the fault of Phenom elite. That well, explains how, but, <laughs> <laughs> that explains how Baltimore and uh, DC were able to preserve their number fonts, um, considering those are. But it does not explain why Albany and, and Atlantic City have the same ones. I, I, I just think that that's what they what they chose because remember Atlantic City. I mean Atlantic City and Albany are owned by the same owners. Oh God, yeah, I guess so. Maybe it saved money. But I think oh, Coach Coach God, did, Tim. I, I think Coach did mention that. Um, that's one of the other things that he did mention. I think in, in passing when we talked to him, Ben. Yeah. Um, talked about how how they are being stitched now. Oh, really? Okay. So isn't Tackle Twill stitching? Tackle Twill is technically when two layers of numbers are stitched together. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that the entire number is stitched to the jersey. It just means both layers are stitched to each other. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they could still possibly be ironed on. Yeah, the entire number could be ironed yeah, on. Yeah, with that type of... Yeah. Uh, embroidery from what i'm understanding from what i've seen what i've heard that some teams are actually going to the to the to the actual stitching well that's good to hear so um the pants are also very thin tim huh i don't know if you've noticed that that what? tim and john have you noticed how thin the pants are yes pants. yes they I've... stretch in ways that uh, reveal white uh actually um, it's funny you say that because when i was watching the philadelphia soul game in week one yeah the way that the gra- uh, gradient is on the sh- on the on the shirt for the sole logos. Mm-hmm. At one point, I swear to you, it looked green. The 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 the, the black looked green. Right. And I had Probably to look at one. I had to look at one of your photos 
to make sure that I that it if it did or did not look the same or or or, or in the video what it looked like pre-game versus post. Ah. And I it, it was uh, it was slightly different. Not much. But I'm agreeing with you on this stretching thing cuz I noticed that when I was in Albany 2 weeks ago. Yeah. Albany pants look pretty weird. But uh, I guess I don't know what they're made out of. I don't know. They seem they just seem very thin. And uh, and they get transparent when they're thin because they're stretching over these legs. Yeah, these legs of these men, Tim. It may be material. It may be the material. I said it may have nothing to do with phenom elite, but it just may be the actual material itself and how how stretchy it is. Because um, you know, Russell Athletic, I'm sure, uses something different. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But maybe when it comes to because these pants that you have to print if you want to if you right. want to, to subliminate right. something on them, maybe it, you have to use a certain type of. Mm. You know what I mean? That sounds accurate to me, actually, because when you think of, you know, I own some arena football pants uh, from over the years, and they are much thicker than these pants, and they're all, you know, they have even the pattern on the side of the pants is stitched. Yes. Or anything that's very stretchy is like a separate layer. So I think you're right. I think that that's partially the cause is because they have to print on them, which full bleed printing is an entirely different process uh-huh. than most football pants are probably put through. So yeah, that's probably it. Um, John, have you noticed that too? Guys, I have not been looking at men's pants. <laughs> well, jerseys too. I mean, you haven't noticed anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to watch, you're going to look for it this weekend. You know, you're going to look for yeah, it on TV. I'm actually going to look at my photos right now and like zoom okay, in. Okay. Actually, ben, John just brought up a very good point. It is something that we may not, you may not be able to see in a photo. Are, are, were you noticing this on TV or live, Ben? This was live. Oh, okay. So I'm not okay, really okay. Sure okay. So, so there goes my, this was IRL, Ben? This there, was IRL? This, oh, goodness. This, there goes my theory then. Because I was thinking maybe it was different that I'm seeing something on TV because of the, of the uh, lights, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, no, yeah. I'll send you guys a video right now. Uh, just you can see the the Albany, especially the dark blue Albany pants. They just become white when they're like in motion. I find because of the that the sole pants did the exact same thing. Yeah, when I saw it on TV. I feel yeah. So and John, I am looking at pants because I'm you know I'm into fashion and the AFL is you know football is fashion. That's why football there's is all these, fashion forward. It is. That's why there's tons of football uniforms, sick uniform accounts. Why players yeah. heavily customize. Their helmet, yeah. you know, their, their face mask. There's a lot of cosmetic aspects to football that are important to players and fans. So I think this is an important topic, as silly as it must sound that we're discussing this at length. <laughs> I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. But, okay, so reviewing the video you just sent me right now, I have seen this type of phenomena in other fabrics. <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's what it is. You're seeing a colored fabric turn into a... Uh, a white fabric with no color. Right, right, right. And that's because it's it's stretching. And right. this specific type of material used on these Albany pants in this video you sent yeah. are are um, a great example of that happening. Yes. And I wish I knew which type of fabric this was, but I've seen this happen many times. Yeah, the same thing with the sole. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's normal. And I mean, wow. it happens. Can we off see the field. same for Atlantic? I'm trying to remember by seeing. I saw Atlantic City once a lot on TV. And I'm trying to remember if, if Atlantic City's red pants were like that in Philly for game one. I just don't remember. Yeah. Can I, uh, just a positive note as we wrap up this uniform discussion Columbus's uniforms are looking so sick. Yes, they are. The, they are the. They, I think them and the Valor have the two just 
classiest and 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 meanest and best looking uniforms right now. Um, I think you know some of it is the simplicity of it that they, they didn't have a giant logo coming across the chest, but but being able to but, use their old number font, it just looks so clean and right. sharp, and the elements all come together. But Ben, you gotta admit, you looking at the video that you just sent. Yeah, you really, and that's the plus about the Albany uniforms is you can't really see the sublim, sublimated logo. It's not that is like true. Actually, I barely noticed it. It's this not year. like Philly where it's right in your face. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think I think yeah, uh, Atlantic City's uh, especially the red ones are, yeah. are a close second. I want to see the, the, the matching maybe red jerseys with black pants. I want to see yeah. how that goes. Once they fix the nameplates, I'm ready to get on the Atlantic City jersey bandwagon. Until then, I am so far from it. I can't even, and by the way, can't even any, associate any, myself any with it. If fans don't know, and no, this is not a sponsored sponsored thing or anything, but uh, they just released some new merch over at the Albany uh, uh, team store, and they have the new replica jerseys available. They also are selling them at local malls, which I thought was awesome when we were up there. Oh, yeah. We the saw some ads yeah. there at the yeah. mall. That's very cool. So... Um, I think before we get to our talk about DraftKings, I do want to remind everybody that we are on social media. Uh, There are multiple places where you can find us. Uh, You can head over to our either Instagram account, to our Facebook account, or to our Twitter account. It's all slash arena fan. If you want to listen to our shows, the past history of the shows, whether it be the last 10, 20, whatever, if you want to listen to the last three, head over to SoundCloud. If you want to listen to... The uh, the last fifty shows you can do so over at um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Um, let me see here. And with you dinging with those messages, I got my phone turned on, and all I'm hearing is ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, Ben. All right, guys. Let's talk about um, our DraftKings lineups. Uh, what so far with the past two weeks? How, how have you found uh, your experience so far, John? I think it's gotten better. I think week one was a little bit of a guessing game, DraftKings and the app, as well as everything going on, mm-hmm. the way they had scoring and figuring things out. You know, you really had to figure it out for week one. Uh, week two, I think as the league is getting better with releasing information faster. When it comes to player status, injury, practice reports, participation, transactions, and all that, and even the starting lineups for game day, yeah, I think it's I think it's getting easier to put the lineups for DraftKings together. I think they dropped the ball though last week by splitting up the week into two different games. Uh, well, that was like that week one as well, where they had the classic and the showdown mode. But they had the showdown. They yeah. had all three games, though. Connected. <clears throat> yeah, I remember. Um, so then this week, is it? I just see classic mode. It's all I three. Think. Yeah, all three. Yep. And I think that is the way they should go going forward. Yeah, which allows us over at Arena Fan to go ahead and uh, have our our league and and continue from there. So I'm still playing like garbage. Um, <laughs> I am not picking very good teams. Uh, John, uh, you and Ben are just, you're, you're smoking me. You really are. It's tough playing quick play all these years where it's just one for one. But now it's, it's so different when you, when you have a $50,000, uh, cap, you, you, I said, you guys are just, are just blowing me out of the water. I mean, what am I, what am I averaging per game? 120, uh, 121 points. My highest is only 141. And you guys are just, as I said, 
Ben, yours is the highest is 158. And John, yours is at 163. Oh, no, no. I thought it was 169. Is it 169? Am I reading it wrong? You might be. No, 163. Man. 163.99. How about that? Ah, that's probably <laughs> what, what threw me for a loop. Uh, if you want to be a part of our Arena Fan, free, ArenaFan.com free league, uh, just message um, us over in the thread uh, over at uh, ArenaFan.com's message boards or shoot me an email at tim.cap at ArenaFan.com. Um, we have, hey, we got three games coming up. Uh, we're going to go over our roster for this week. Um, as usual, we are going to talk about who our, uh, our captain is, and then we will reveal the rest of our lineups from there. Um, so Ben being, yes, you weren't, by the way, I was just talking and I realized my mic was on mute. I was like, chatting with you guys during that conversation <laughs> and it sounded it felt natural to me like i was i was hitting the pauses I was wondering why you weren't there and i felt the responses wow. were fine i made a 69 joke and and it just it fell on deaf ears and then i realized my mic was off i'm not oh. even sure how long it's been off but uh, maybe well, two minutes well, well yeah because okay. I, I was mentioning to you that how you were you guys were sending messages on the on, on facebook messenger oh and i wasn't responding at that point no Oh my god! That was I was talking. And I thought you were responding to me. Yeah, this show is amazing. That's hilarious. So my lineup. Yes. Yeah, so we're, um, we're it's, going. It's getting interesting. My strategy is evolving, and it's just getting more and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. The first week I had two quarterbacks, and uh, and the second week I had three. This week my lineup is Tommy Grady, Arvell Nelson, Randy Hipper, Dan Rodabaugh, Grant Russell, and Michael Benson. Okay, I guess we're we're not going to do like we did it normally. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my captain's Tommy Grady. Okay, who? Uh, how much? Do you, how much salary do you have left? I have two hundred dollars left. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Michael Benson was sort of tacked on at the end. Yeah, but. I know. I, I was tough this week. Um, John, just go ahead. And, who's your captain? And go from there. I'm going three weeks in a row. Arvell Nelson as my captain. It's obviously paying off. Uh, this week, I'm only running him as the one quarterback i'm going all wide receivers five wide receivers uh from largest salary we've got joe hills i'm gonna give him a chance this week see if he bounces back got darius prince that's a lock i've got brandon Tompkins. need that speed i've also got um antoine grant from Atlantic City. He's I wouldn't call him a sleeper, but he's definitely going to put up a touchdown or two. He's been consistent so far. And uh, finally, Kendrick Ings also poised to go off at any time. I feel that I've had to do something just to get back into this because I'm trying to take different routes and and really experimenting. So uh, I'm also going I'm also going with Arvell Nelson as my captain. Uh, I'm going with Tommy Grady. I'm going with Aaron Washa. Uh, Malachi Jones, Grant Russell, and Adrian Fern. So I'm going with the three quarterback route. Mm-hmm. I think it's the okay. way to go. Russell at seven thousand dollars is a steal. If he can, can yeah, if he get, if he continues to get five touchdowns, that's twenty points right there. Yeah, it's amazing how cheap some of the quarterbacks are. I mean, look, the, uh, passing touchdowns are less scoring or lower scoring, but there's just always going to be a higher amount of them. There's a science to this. Yeah. I mean, two touchdowns from a wide receiver is still not going to equal three touchdowns from a quarterback. So if you assume that most of these quarterbacks are going to throw three, unless I'm overall doing some math wrong, it seems like you should always have as many quarterbacks as possible. Yeah. By the way, Desmond Epps still at 9,200. 
Okay. Yeah, jeez. Um, and Guerrera going up to 8,200. One week in, and he's up to 8,200. <laughs> yeah, it's Doshak's up, too. I th- well, I, mean, I think I, I, I th- think those are good numbers. Yeah, I, I thought about not- Prince. I thought about Prince. Uh, I, I was like, that's tough. I wanted to go something different, especially with not knowing what happened with Joe Hills. And I, I'm just not convinced with Shane Boyd. <laughs> You know, I think Joe will get his one touchdown to, to continue his streak, but is he 100% recovered from his lower body injury? Yeah, I think he's way too risky at that salary exactly. right now. Yeah. And also my thought is, too, is, is he going to just go with, to get his one touchdown and come out? Right. Will he be able to go 100%? Even so if according- he's inactive, that the streak doesn't matter. But yeah. if he's active, he, yeah. has to, he has to play yeah. <laughs> yes. in a red yeah. zone snap or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... I don't know. I, I'm going. I had to go something different. Oh, and I have 800 bucks left. John, how much did you have left? Zero. Whoa. Nice. Nice, nice. maths. Nice. Thanks. Thanks. That's nice. Um, <laughs> before we talk about uh, the recap, and this is, I, we told you guys this was going to be a long episode. <laughs> yeah. How long is it right now? Uh, as of this, without editing, uh, hour 24 minutes. Wow. Okay. Let's keep pushing. Uh, and this is the reason why I think it's going to get longer. The oh, no. ESPN deal. <laughs> so the positive, and by the way, I call this the good, bad, ugly. The, I got brought yep. back GBUs for at least one week. I um, love it. Let's keep uh, Of the new ESPN3 partnership. Um, Surprise to everybody last Friday where it was announced that starting with the first game that week, I guess it was within the next two hours or three hours after the release came out, that all the games were going to be broadcast on ESPN3. Uh, fantastic. I mean, and on top of that, guys, the Arena Bowl is going to be back on national television, where it's going to be broadcast on ESPN2. Kudos. Love it. Love that portion of it. But there were a lot of things that we really did not understand. <laughs> and this is where John and I had a conversation, Ben, with, uh, with AFL President John Adams um, before the game. And we were able to get a little mm-hmm. bit more insight. And also, what I did not know after John, po- John pointed it out to me is that the commissioner actually made a little, explained it a little bit more too on Twitter. Yeah, he so, had a little tweet in there. So it's a little bit more that we can we can actually talk about after after us speaking with John uh, at, with the president. We had a feeling that we were going to talk about this a little bit more, but now we can. Um, I think the confusing part of this, guys, is that uh, we did not know where uh, MSN was going to be in this and we did not know where, where facebook watch was going to be in this um because john ben as you know there are some fans who purchased msn in order to watch all the games and with this new espn deal espn3 as long as you are living in the u.s it's for free it's not it's not espn plus it's espn3 so you can watch this as long as you you can just watch it for free um if you're a cable subscriber it's saying uh, wrong you could just go to ESPN3.com and watch ESPN for free? Yes. What? I could do it. I could, when I was in the States, I was able to just, just do it. That is not what I thought was going that's on. That's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. that's, at least that's my understanding. You don't have to sign into any to your provider because I was doing it from the, from the hotel room and it went right to it. Huh. Um, a lot of questions came to us and there were a lot of, a lot of messages on, on social media also talking about this and asking the league, what about this, 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 and this? Um, and I'm not just saying it because I, that's where I am, but there were quite, there were more than one <laughs> complaints from Canadians asking the exact same thing. Where, why can't I watch this? It's your only source to watch this. And I can't watch it because we do not get ESPN three in Canada. 
We have to have either a VPN or something, something. So it leaves Canadians out of, out of the lurch unless you have an IPTV of some sort. There were those in the U.S. who, who uh, again, want to know if it was going to be on MSN. Was it going to be on this? Everything was, was stated that it was going to be on locally. As long as you have the local station, you'd be able to watch it. Um, when I first saw this, the, the, neg- the negative that I saw was that I think the, le- the league was, was spreading itself too thin with this. You're trying, to, uh, you're trying to reinvent a brand again, but you are cutting yourself short by only offering it in one particular place. So my Can thought- I just clarify something really quickly yeah. that we, we, we said? So watch ESPN. The way it works is a lot of people, it does require subscriber login. Oh, does it? The, the times where it is free or it appears free is if your uh, network is part of ESPN's deal. So if uh, you're on a uh, Verizon-based network, okay. it's free. Which this uh, one was. Which this one was. Yeah, the hotel. so okay, okay, I fair. think it's only a couple of providers actually allowed free. So that's why so many people were scrambling, saying, like, how do I watch this if I'm a cord cutter? Right. And the answer is ESPN+. Plus, Which was never mentioned. Right. Well, that that's not mentioned, but I don't know that necessarily that's on the league. I mean, I guess they should have probably said that, but... If you understand what ESPN Plus is, which right. I guess a lot of people don't, it's just ESPN, but for people that are cord cutters. So right. I guess they just didn't feel like mentioning that. That's fair. But I also yeah. it's like the difference between Showtime and, and Showtime, Showtime anytime. anytime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I also but I also think with them not mentioning that you can't you basically you can't watch it on MSN anymore. MSN right. anymore. It, there's just a message for, uh, stating what what's going to be happening now with ESPN Plus for on the uh, on the Brigade and the uh, Valor pages. Uh, what what about those people who paid for it? You know, uh, John, uh, what about those ones who got it with their season tickets? Columbus, D.C., Baltimore. Well, I mean, that was a, a I, I'm with you. It was an additional add in, quote unquote, no charge. Right. I guess I guess the monumental subscribers can still access the programming and see other things on the monumental sports network. <laughs> but if they're strictly <laughs> AFL, right? I'm trying to be optimistic here. But if you know, if uh, if they're only AFL fans, you know, what, what else are they going to watch on there? Um, also, uh, they finally got the first two games up on the league website. I guess that's no, that's because what? How long is something archived? About for a month on ESPN. On ESPN. Interesting. Because they only put up the first two games, and it took them almost till Thursday to get just those first two games. And I was like, "Where's the Albany? Where's the Atlantic? Sorry, where was the Atlantic City game, which was never put up?" Oh, that's really interesting. Now I'm I'm lucky that I have an IPTV service that I can watch, you know, uh, the the uh, the NBC Sports networks, and right. I can watch it on tape delay if necessary. Well, I see that the uh, on the ESPN three uh, service right now they do have the replay up. Okay. Or Atlantic City, Columbus. I, I was getting those instantly. I don't know whether we were just looking at different things, but when I signed into the app, it just immediately archived the games. Which app? Just like the the one for my uh, Roku. Are, are you talking ES, the ESPN app? Yeah, ESPN oh, okay. app. Okay. Roku. Um, I think what was surprising to me initially with the reaction we were seeing on Twitter uh, was, first of all, the confusion. I, I'm surprised that people who are sports fans don't know how ESPN works or just really don't know how the internet works in terms of cable networks or streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Streaming in general, if you're a cord cutter, which we have to assume some of these people were that were so angry that they weren't getting the games for free anymore. If you're a cord cutter, 
like, how do you not know how this works? And, and if you're a sports fan and you watch live football or baseball or basketball, how are you not aware that ESPN has an online platform for watching it and how that works? I, I was surprised by the confusion for sure. I mean, because, I was too, yeah. because you've got, here's an example, NFL red zone. It, it works in a very similar manner. It, you have a provider login and you access their service and you can stream it or you can watch it on your cable box and millions of people access it every week with no problem. I I'm with you, Ben. Right. Or even if you watch like blue bloods or, or big bang theory or something and, and you want to watch that online, you have to use your subscriber login. So it's just a very fundamental part of watching things online in 2019. So it was uh, a bit, especially sports fans. It's really odd to see that the league had to post screen captured video of them literally going into the app and pressing play because it was that confusing to people. Somebody did that. So I, I love it. The league didn't do that. Some person actually did that. And I think the league retweeted it, which I thought, was, Oh, I saw the league cause the league posted well, I thought it was nice videos. of them to do that, but I, right. I was nice enough to go in and do it. The league has had a few like Instagram stories and, and posts that are the screen captured videos. So maybe they just did some of their own, but now, Knowing that there are, and this this is going back to you know, if I did not have the access that I do, unlike some of the other Canadians or some of the other arena league fans, um, you're you're basically SOL. You weren't able to watch it, watch it at all because it's not on CBS Sports Network, uh, yeah, Sports Network anymore. Um, my thought was when I was speaking to John Adams, I said, well, like the uh, like what it does for the CFL. I was using the CFL as an example. I said what the CFL does in other countries is that they use they use YouTube, but they geoblock. Right. Can, can that be done elsewhere in the world? They also use, uh, is it BN Sports, I think, or BT, BT Sports. They use BT Sports also and it, in Europe. And other, and, so they have two other platforms that they're able to use. And I said, is that possible? Now, John was saying that they're, they're looking, they were looking at other options. I'm trying to find the commissioner's tweet here, by the way, because I know this will, this will help. He said, like, exploring options for international fans or something. It wasn't anything specific. I'm, and I'm glad he said it, though. Yeah. Here it goes. And, th- and, and this, is what, this is what John said, too. Lots of moving parts in the last 24 hours. Here's a quick summary. ESPN has the exclusive rights to distribute games outside our local markets. AFL games will still be on, available on local TV. We are looking on streaming the games outside of the U.S. Hashtag bet on us. Hashtag bet on us. Right. So nothing specific. Like nothing ben said. specific. So based on what, from what we talked with John and what we can and we can't say, we can. It's only based off of off of certain speculation. I would say if they're not looking at YouTube, uh, they're not looking at these other other ways of, of of streaming it. I am wondering if they are looking at something to do with geo blocking of some way, shape, or form, whether it be with with ESPN three, whether it be with another provider. I would imagine if they're looking to go international and make it open to everybody, I think that's maybe what they're going to do. But from what you and I, from what I was talking about with John, there are so many legal hurdles. I don't yeah. know, if John, if you heard that portion of it, but there, there were so many legal hurdles with this ESPN thing. That's literally why it got done at the 11th hour. I don't think I heard that. Yeah. But yeah, I could imagine this had a million complications to it. Yeah. Now, if that's the case, if they're able to geo to, to take away the geo blocking for everybody outside of the, of the U.S. continental U.S., I'll be happy. That way, Canadians, 
Mexicans, Italians, Giancarlo, you can watch your games, hopefully. <laughs> Even though it's early in the morning. Be able to uh, watch. Maybe, he, maybe he prefers to watch the replays. Yeah. <laughs> be, be, able to watch, be able to watch them early. Uh, be, at least be able to watch them. So I'm, I'm a lot calmer <laughs> than I was on Friday. Or even 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just, yeah, if that's the case, then I will be happy that others will be able, will be able to watch the game because I felt that the league had, sell, had uh, again, wasn't thinking in the long term. So, Do you think the long term for the AFL is international? I think, if again, as I've said before, I think if you, need, if you want to build a brand, whether you are in their, uh, if you're in their market or not, if you have a team like Albany, as an example, Ben. Yeah. And you are a Canadian and you want, just to use that as an example, and you want to adopt a team, whether it be, say, for instance, if a team shows up in Detroit or Cleveland or wherever along closest to the border, mm-hmm. and you want to adopt a team, that's the best way to be able to watch the games. Yes. You have sure. to go, whether it just stay in North America for the time being, you still need to grow the sport. I mean, the, to me, still the biggest coup is getting the game on ESPN2. That's huge. Yeah. That, that, that's phenomenal. But you have to grow the game internationally, too. You don't want to limit yourself. Because remember, as I pointed out to John, Canadians can still bet on DraftKings. They can still take part in what they want to do by betting on the league. By the way, real quickly, total topic. John, did you happen to notice that they had put ads on the nets in Atlantic City? Yes, I did. Didn't we determine that was against the rules? They did it for Net 10. They did it last, they did it, what, last year? Or was it last year? No, they did it for Net 10. Yeah, the Net 10 Wireless Arena Football League. Yep. I don't remember. I think this is a local ad, though. This is a local mm. ad. Anyways, what, guys, what does the league have to, I mean, obviously it's a positive for the ESPN3 deal. Ben, I know you asked me the question, what do you think the league has to do? What did they have to center on? Is it international, that they, uh, a, a portion of the, of the viewing audience that they need? Do they need to stay within the continental U.S.? Uh, I, I think that... It's it's really interesting now that the league is is true single entity, and I bring this up a lot, but it it really does recontextualize a lot of things. Um, it makes you rethink profits and and whether individual teams really need to thrive. Uh, I'm still completely unclear about how betting is is helping the league itself gain any sort of revenue. Um, I'm kind of doubtful that DraftKings shares much money with the league. The whole bet on us thing is what the whole league is is, is literally hedging its bets on. No pun intended. And uh, I'm not sure if that's going to ultimately be the thing that that makes the the league entity profitable. Um, but I think that ESPN three is really a big. I mean, I remember when when we first lost ESPN three, it was devastating for me because it completely decentralized Arena Football League streaming. It made it virtually impossible to find games unless you were a subscriber to this or that or whatever. But having everything in one place is fantastic. Uh, I don't think Monumental was a platform anyone was using to watch games. And ESPN3 is is a place where if you go to the football tab, not that I know, I don't know if anyone's going to do this, but if you go to the football tab, the league logo is on that tab, on the app. And oh, it may okay. lead to some people noticing the league. I didn't notice that. Okay. Oh, by the way, sorry, this is so random. Yeah, but yeah. I was last night. I was, I was like going to bed, and I, sometimes I watch like uh, two YouTube videos before going to bed, and something appeared on my suggested watch, and it was a, it was a gamer channel or something, and the guy was like, "All right, we're gonna play arena football today," 
And this video had 500,000 views. It was uploaded last week. And the guy is, like, fumbling through the PS2 game. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's little things like that are, are popping up right now that are, you know, that's kind of cute. But 500,000 views, that's more than anything the AFL has gotten. <laughs> Actually, it's, <laughs> it's so long. It's funny you mentioned it. Here's another random thing. I had a friend reach out to me today. He says, Tim, I, I happen to see your YouTube page, and I started watching the Toronto Phantoms, uh, oh uh, New York Dragons uh, uh, playoff game. You're a hero you for uploading that. You're yeah. a hero for that. <laughs> it's a small world. Mm. Um, yeah, so again, John, what, what's your thought on, on what, what the league has done, and what do, do you think there's any room for improvement from what we've heard and what they have speculated what they may be doing? As far as broadcasting, yeah, with yeah, um, I I think that I would be happy to see the league continue to focus on North America. I want you to get your games, Tim. I don't think I don't think we truly need to be going fully international right now. I think if they could work out that geo blocking thing, that would be great. Um, if there was a way to make sure that this ESPN three service was free for everyone no matter what that would be the move to make sure that everyone's watching it i think the betting is working out for more viewership uh in the amount of people watching the games solely to bet on them dfs army is a great example uh as well as you know all these other random people that have followed and contacted me on twitter about uh DraftKings and fantasy arena football so I think the betting thing is working out. I don't know if it's working out like they wanted it to. I don't know how they wanted it to work out. But surely they got to be seeing some sort of increased revenue directly to, related to betting. That's a good question. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know and don't know what the plan is. And we really don't. We can't quantify anything the league does anymore besides attendance. Yeah. And, and that's certainly not up. So... I don't know. I, I think that the league is is now very much has to be somewhat national if profits are focused on, you know, a company that owns all the teams instead of individual teams, uh, which is different than what we've always been saying, which is still isn't really, really, really important, which is drumming up local support. Um, I, I can't wait to see. I think we'll learn a lot from what the league decides to do with expansion at the end of the year. Um, where they place teams, what their strategy is for doing that, because we saw them, you know, manually place Columbus without ownership this year. And now that that's the business model, which they're now very clearly stating is the business model is we can do whatever we want. (laughs) Um, I think that will inform where the league intends to go in the future. And there was a comment made, I can't remember where it was, about the league's expansion westward. Do you remember if that was an article or something? And that that they don't really plan to do that. That's the second thing that I've heard. And and I've, I thought it was four to six teams east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I think they'll. Cont- I, I can't. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that the league is so eastern focused, but I'm curious if, in the long run, that will be uh, a hindrance to national sponsors and things like that. And and the league really doesn't. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They don't have much in the way of sponsors right now, and I, I know that that's a huge revenue generator. So hopefully that comes to pass soon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We do need some major. I missed the Geico blue line, Tim. Fifteen percent yard line. Come on, yes. that was amazing. It's fifteen percent and 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 one. <laughs> um, real quick topic. It's when uh, pertaining to broadcasting. Then we'll 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 finish up the show with our 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 previews for the week. Um, 
What guys, what is your thoughts on the dedicated AFL network broadcast teams? You know, surprise to us, they brought back another former AFL alum to be a color Matty commentator. Matty D, Matt D'Arazio's in the booth. Wow. I, I was telling, and they brought back, you know, um, uh, John Mita Perel. He, he seems yeah. like his, his play-by-play guy. Uh, you know, Seds in one with uh, um, Lou Tilly. Um, I, I got the I brought the names here somewhere. Batterink. Yeah. Yeah. Ratterinks with Brent uh, Harris. Thank you. I, Brent Harris. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're kind of doing exactly what we wanted besides not having Ari Wolf. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if we'll see Ari Wolf for the Arena Bowl, maybe. I oh, so you know. say Wolf. You say Wolf, John? Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> you say Wolf? Okay. Do you say Bark? I say Wolf. Bark? The Wolf. Wolf. Ari Wolf. Wolf. This <laughs> <laughs> is A plus radio. How do you pronounce Wolf? Please tweet us at ArenaFan. Yes. Uh, we'll at be running AFL a weekly contest. Tonight, at yes. 53, at Ben Fraternelli, at Repact. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they've done it. I wonder if they're going to bring out some new ones because this fourth crew was, you know, because we know Sid works in the quote unquote Atlantic City region. Um, we saw who worked uh, the Albany games. It's been two different crews in the for the Albany games. So. I'm wondering if we're going to have a fifth. We should reach out uh, to the league and see if they can give us some more information. Or maybe to MSN and they can give us some more information. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never, yeah. I never thought about it. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to, to John Adams and see see if he can give us an answer. Um, totally. Uh, we'll do this real quick. And we know, guys, we didn't forget about you. This has just been a very long, <laughs> long conversation tonight. And we appreciate you guys being with us. Target Toad, Target Toad reached out to us guys with, hey. with, with a question. Target Toad on, on the boards, uh, uh, Jesse to everybody else. Uh, two questions, and, and we may have very possibly we answered these already. Uh, with the turn of ESPN three, how many years, assuming that it is even possible, do each of you think it would take for the AFL to get back on ESPN one mm-hmm. uh, with a game of the week? Like they had in 2007 when Columbus upset Clint Dozell, the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, is it, was that two questions no, or one? No, it was one. I, I, haven't okay. read this, I haven't read the second one. Okay, go ahead. No, no, answer the first one. Oh, okay. Um, okay, well, that's a great question. I think that w- we just made a big stride toward this. Uh, I think as the league increases the amount of teams yeah. – that their chances of getting back on that sort of prime television, those sort of prime slots, yeah. it gets much higher. Getting on ESPN2 this year is huge. And I think that as much as I've been questioning the profit structure and, and, and the strategy of the league to gain more, you know, financiers or whatever, I, I do feel, I have an overall feeling that things are going much better this year. <laughs> Just... Across the board, the whole product feels better besides the scoring issue, but everything around the league feels better. The marketing is so much better than it was. The The league looks like a professional organization on social media. Uh, things are just looking up for the AFL, and I think that if they do continue to expand, knowing that they basically have a billionaire who can uh, arbitrarily place teams wherever he wants and perhaps will will the AFL into relevancy again. It is possible that in maybe two years' time, we'll have 12 teams, maybe more, and, and, and the league might be an attractive televised product again. 
And I, that, that's something I really didn't even think was remotely possible two years ago. So, so I think we're trending upwards, I think, a couple of years to go, and we might see something like that again. I think that's well said, and I don't have anything to add to it. My oh, thought wow. is, is look what recently what the what the XFL who the XFL just signed with. I mean, they yeah, the XFL deal is amazing. They basically it's basically Disney. Yeah, because they because Disney owns the Fox. Doesn't Disney now own the the Fox? Uh, the Disney Fox owns Fox. Fox. Yeah. So uh, that that's that's an interesting twist to this. Uh, but I was gonna uh, based on what you said, I, my answer was gonna be two years. Okay. So does this mean we're gonna see the XFL on Disney Plus? <laughs> We're see the XFL on Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, right. ESPN Three, ABC, right. and Fox. ESPN. Right. It's incredible. Yeah, and don't forget. After I the mean, game. they really killed it. They, they clearly Plus, anticipate big audiences. After the XFL sports, you can watch The Mandalorian. Dude, I'm um, so for that. Yeah. Second question from uh, from Target Toad is. Uh, uh, he he goes. This one could act, could possibly its uh, its own episode. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm willing to go for another uh, two. Why do franchises in the arena league struggle to make it four consecutive seasons in one city? Okay, That's a good well, question. it is a good question. There's there's a, there's the one huge answer, and it's that the AFL is not a profitable product. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, another answer that I would say this to before the current structure that we have now is that usually the contracts were for three years. Right, stadium contracts, uh, league contracts, um, ownership, and just but ownership. It, but yeah, see, that, and it's completely changed. So it it kind of nullifies his question currently because we need to see how the new structure, how the new teams fall under the new structure. Right, and and we, I'm curious to see. I think the first major swing we might see is if they move Baltimore somewhere. I, I don't even think that would be considered moving the team because yeah. since it's single entity, they'd just be removing baltimore and adding a team somewhere else yeah. uh, there's no such thing as really moving a team anymore which is interesting unless they just want to keep the same branding um uh, yeah i mean it's a huge part of it i think it's a little bit scary that everything hinges on ted leonsis right now and his pocketbook and whether or not his pocketbook his uh bank account i don't know whatever uh we're like two hours in um, actually he carries a briefcase around. okay everything yeah. on his money filled briefcase and whether he wants to continue funding the league that is now the answer to this question that he's asked yeah it's how long does uncle ted want to keep funding these teams so we'll see i mean we, you know we'll see how long we can watch a, the, the valor and brigade put up almost no attendance numbers and how long he's okay with that and whether it's for tax reasons and that's totally fine with him yeah um john do you do you have any do you think there's any particular reason other than what both ben and i said uh you know i've discussed the the tax reasons before um i don't have i don't have too much to add okay i think you guys covered it i mean it's not like we've really discussed too many other possibilities yeah um, by the way, a quick side note, uh, uh, a c- p- comment to you specifically, Ben. He goes, yeah. if, if ESPN ever asks you to make a 30 for 30 on the Arena League, please don't start a, a fall competitor to the AFL. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the the main thing. Yeah. Um, God, I, I hope that that would be something I could be in contention for. That was always my dream. We talked about that. I was on the show like three years ago. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Go, hey, any, anybody didn't hear it? It's back in the archives. Nice plug back in the archives. Um, second question comes to us from Noel Jason. Uh, I don't. I, I'm trying to. It, 
Anyways, let me read this. And I, I, it may be tough. <laughs> it may be tough. It may be tough to answer this question. So at the end of the Columbus Atlantic City game, Columbus scored late and kicked off and kicked the extra point with 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter. But the clock did not stop after the extra point and ran down to 40. And Columbus called a timeout. Why did the clock not stop after the extra point? Was this a clock timing error? Also, why did Columbus call timeout there when the clock uh, would stop at 30 seconds anyways? Under the thirty second, uh, under thirty second rules would take effect. Um, the, yeah, I, that's that. I can answer. That, I think both all three of us can answer that last question. You want you want to save time, so you call timeout. And if I remember, could have called it sooner though. Yeah, but John, if I remember correctly, Coach James may have mentioned this exact same thing in our he con- did in our conversation just about this. He did, and I can't remember the reasoning why, but I I don't think was it a clock error. Because remember, the clock runs after the extra points. But does it? It doesn't. Well, yeah, and it doesn't stop until within 30 seconds, right? No, no. Meaning that, say, for instance, if you score a touchdown and you're doing your dance and dance and whatever at, yeah. one, at one minute, it still runs until right. you finish kicking the extra point. But doesn't the clock continue to run now under the new rules? Yes. So then there was no clock error. But he says it ran an extra five seconds after the kick was through. I thought Coach James said something about a runoff. Yes. There was something, and I'm trying to remember the context myself. Yes. But I do know it should have stopped after the extra point was either missed or made, no matter where you were within the one-minute rule. Uh, where, where Even if you're under, it should, should have stopped. I don't know. So I can't, I can't say either way. If we get any more information, though, Noel, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. So the clock, so what is the new play? I thought, there was the, I thought the new play clock rule was that after... The extra point, there's a play clock for kickoffs. Sixty. Uh, it's it's the extra point. It's sixty seconds. So then, so then the clock does continue to run. The clock will continue to run. Yes. So then, what? So then, what was the problem? The I clock continued he, to run, and then they took a timeout. I think what he's stating is that it, it stopped. It didn't stop after the extra point was attempted. Okay. I'm, I guess I I, I, I think confused the new stopped. rules. I thought the clock was supposed to continue running after the extra point. I think that's it, what it, the kickoff clock is. No, it. I, I'll have to go back and check. I will do some some research. If I can get some more information, I will we'll, we'll revisit it next week. Okay. Um, speaking of next week. Speaking of next week, yes, thank you. Nice, very good. Yeah. Um, very professional. Thank you. Necessary. Yes, very good. <laughs> um, it's basically, same layout as it was last week. We have a Friday game and two Saturday games coming up. Um, on Friday, it will be the Columbus Destroyers of their third straight road game. Uh, traveling to the Baltimore Brigade the game will be on uh, ESPN3, uh, NBC Sports Washington, and locally in Columbus on ABC6. Um, don't know who's going to be calling the game for the AFL Network yet, but I love that term, by the way, guys. I love how they're calling it. I that. know. It is nice. Yeah. It's very nice. And their their graphics package is not half bad. It's not half bad. Um, what no timeouts on the screen. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. What what are you what are you seeing with this game? Because I'm looking at this game. I see Detroit as uh, Detroit. I see the, the <laughs> Destroyers. They are a better team than they were in Week One. They played a hell of a lot better. Uh, Grant Russell is. Um, he looks like he's coming into his own as a starting quarterback, and he's getting used to the game. Um, again, I had my reservations right now on how well um, you know Shane Boyd is going to play and what the status is going to be of Joe Hills. Um, that being said. And it's so many uncertainties for me. I'm giving just I'm giving I'm giving Columbus their first win of the year. I'm with you, Tim. Oh, oh, 
Yeah, actually, I think there's a good chance. And aren't we seeing that Donovan Morgan's getting practice in now? He so. didn't practice today. Oh, okay, he, well. He did yesterday. He limited practice yesterday, I think. Okay, well, let's let's hope he's a game-time decision for 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 their I heard their win. that he was, I don't know if this is insider info or not, or heard, whether I'm supposed heard, to say this, but lo- that his intention all along was to debut at home. Okay, I've heard lower body, though. I've heard, again, like Joe Hills, it's right. lower, it, it is a lower body injury. Um, okay. Get you when you're older. According to Massey, um, they have Baltimore Baltimore favored by 13 and a half points. Wow. Okay. But I think that completely changed. Now, John, are the DraftKings lines up? Because as of the taping, uh, Five Dimes is not up yet. I'm checking right now. Okay. As of the start of the show, they were not. But, you know, we've been talking for a little while, so they could be up. And... It does not look like they're up. That's no, they're not. That's so frustrating. Of course. We've That's been talking so, so long, the games have already happened. I, but, oh my goodness, it's Sunday night already. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long we've been talking. I'm the- way older than we were when we started. Yes. Um, ben, why? Uh, d- any other reasons, guys, why you're, you would be giving Columbus the win? I mean, I think Columbus has an obvious spark that we were not expecting. And Baltimore is extremely vulnerable. Uh, and I think both those things combined, I, I think Columbus is, is driven. And I think for all the reasons you stated, they have the best chance at, at winning uh, that they've had so far this season. So I think that's and I think we would all kind of like to see Columbus get its first win. Yeah, John. And if yeah, can. I'd like to see Columbus get its first win as well. And Baltimore is a little vulnerable. We see Shane Boyd sort of bouncing back and forth and uh Joe Hills is obviously their number one offensive weapon, but without him, they're still they're still a good team. But uh, Columbus against Atlantic City in Week Two looked really good, and they're on the verge of something. Yeah, and if I think they, it, it really yeah. sucks to see an expansion team fail. Um, I think we've seen how that affects attendance, uh, especially in a, in the case where you have people coming back to to the game. I think in Albany. You know, th- their success resulted in people wanting to come back. I know that seems really obvious, but sure, you don't buy good. I mean, you have to buy that faith back. You know, if Columbus fans show up to the first game and they are 0-3 and then they, they put up another goose egg and they're 0-4, people are just going to immediately lose interest. And I think when the Valor and Brigade debuted and they were both really bad, it, it, it definitely affected probably people who were like, oh, let me give this a shot and, and looked at a disappointing product and thought, okay, I guess this is, you know, this is what they're doing. I, I, maybe I won't come back or maybe I'll try again in next year. But, right. but uh, especially when a team is coming back and people are probably wondering if the game is going to be just as exciting as it was 10 years ago and whether the team will be as exciting to watch. I think it's really important that Columbus is successful this year um, and Atlantic City, but Atlantic City I think will be. So, well, we'll see. I, I really hope Columbus pulls one out. On Saturday uh, at uh, oh wow, we have games here back to, at same time. This is I not, know. Oh, how are we going to work this one out? <laughs> um, okay, okay, that kind of makes sense then. Why why the schedule is the way that it is? Uh, Atlantic City is traveling to uh, play the Valor, and they're going to be unveiling their uh, their championship banner. Uh, the game will be on ESPN three. It will be on tape delay on sports, uh, NBC sports, Philadelphia plus and live on sports, uh, NBC sports, Washington, uh, Atlantic city. Um, 
has come off the first win of the year at home. Uh, Valor come back home for their first game of the year and are, are coming off of a, uh, a very media uh, off of a loss where they seem very mediocre. Um, this this game is actually hard because you know even though Arvell Nelson was able to do what he normally does, uh, the, the Albany defense was 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 really dominant. Um, Atlantic City is not I don't think in the same same league yet as the Albanys and the Phillies for defense. Um, this one's tough. This one's actually tough. Um, I, you know what? I would just say I would give Washington the slight edge just because they're at home. But I, for, what, for some reason, I really see Atlantic City winning this game. It's uh, that that's how tough it is for me to to to, to figure this one out. But uh, John, yeah, um, I'm going to give Washington the edge because of the home field advantage. But Atlantic City looked really good at home last week, especially their defensive line. Monte Lewis, gosh, Scott, depend ah, defensive player of the week. <laughs> You know, we've been talking a very long time now, so excuse me. Uh, so uh, he and Antron Dillon are going to be giving Arvell Nelson some headaches uh, Saturday night. I think that if we can see the resurgence of big play Reggie Gray for Washington, then the the Valor might pull out the wa- uh, the the win. Um, uh, Massey has. Washington favored by three and a half. Ben, what what do you say? Wait a sec. I, I'm just discovering something that might be insane. What's that? That I can't believe might be. Is, is it possible that Washington has never won at home? I'm looking at their, their schedule the last two years, and I don't think they've won a single game in Washington. That is crazy. So I guess there is no home field advantage. I mean, they've only won five games in franchise history. So that's, isn't that wild? You guys that, aren't reacting to this. I think no, it's crazy. That's, no, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean that's wild. The home fans have never seen a win in three, and almost you know we're going on the third year. So in lieu of that, just with that very interesting stat, I'm going to go with Atlantic City. Um, let me check historically. I, I was expecting maybe a wow or like they're oh, wow. three and eleven at home. Washington lifetime. Yeah, I was going to say I they're thought so too. They they beat Baltimore at their inaugural home opener, fifty-one to thirty-eight. I thought. Ah, yes, they did. Okay. Oh, I see here. Yeah, they have... T- okay, yeah, they won twice at home in their first year. Okay. And all three of their wins in the first year were oh, against Baltimore. Three of their wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, guys, they have five wins total. Yeah. So Regular season. Yeah. Regular season. Regular season. Your right. champions right. have, have right. two wins in three seasons. Yeah, and they're two and one in the playoffs. Uh, so, Ben... Um, <laughs> Who, who, I'm going AC. AC? Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, last game of the week is the uh, Battle of the Unbeatens. Philadelphia Soul will host the Albany Empire. Uh, game will be on ESPN3, Philadelphia, uh, NBC Sports, Philadelphia Plus, and my four, Albany in Albany. Um, this this is going to be a good game. Yep. Now, you have two strong defenses you have offenses that really have not done anything except for the first game for uh, for for Philadelphia versus Atlantic City. Um, Philadelphia does have a good crowd. They always seem to do really well at home. Um, I, it's I, I probably I'm going to give Philadelphia the edge in this one. Um, just being that I think that if Albany if Philadelphia gets up by four, if Philadelphia gets up by ten or more. 
I don't think Albany will come back, especially the way that the clock rules are now working against the the, the offenses in this league. So I, I'm going to give I'm going to give Philadelphia uh, the the slight edge in this one, John. I'm with you this week. Uh, Albany is going to be on the road. Philadelphia always has uh, a great home field advantage. We've been to many games there. They've they've got a good crowd. It can get loud in there too. There is uh, James Romain. Mm-hmm. He told me things are just going to keep getting better. So, uh, in terms of his coverage, so I think that Philadelphia defense is going to do a good job of locking down most of Albany's receivers. Um, by the way, all, uh, Massey has Albany favored by two and a half. Ben, what say you? I am actually going with Albany in this game. Um, I think that. I, once, I always love the energy that Albany plays with, and I think Philly has been surprising this year. Uh, we, were, we, were, we had a lot of question marks about Philly going into the season. Yeah. And I think that although they are overperforming my expectations, I am the, the hashtag unfinished business you know, that Albany's playing with this year, I think it's a great hashtag because they, that is the attitude that they're constantly coming out with. And in my opinion, the most interesting matchup last year was Albany and Philadelphia. Um, and any, any given matchup was extremely exciting. And I think that this may be this natural rivalry that we hoped it would be. And we've only seen it for one season, so I can't wait for this game. And I think I'll give Albany the edge. Um, I I think that that Grady has impressed me maybe more than Dan Rodabaugh this season. I think Rodabaugh is trending down, and Grady has been pretty consistent. So I I think that gives them the edge for me. Okay, that's fair. Um, Either way, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, how we're going to juggle these games on on Saturday? It's going to be watch one or the other, I tell you. Especially, yeah. Um, well, well, Ben and I are sort of uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'll be in Washington, and he will be in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh so wow, that's right. We are damned either way. That's right, damn damned. Um, well, guys, I I appreciate you guys this week. We we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot of rants. We had a lot of good stories. We hope the fans you you enjoy it. It's not. Often that we have shows that are close to or just over two hours in length, um, <laughs> but we do appreciate you, everybody listening, and and guys, um, uh, be safe. Uh, I obviously our our big get together next week. Just to remind everybody that that uh, Arena Fan and AFL Tonight will be in the house in Columbus. More information will come out as uh, as it comes forward. Not only that, we'll be sharing a bed yeah. in the hotel, so that's very exciting. We'll Actually, be, the three of us we'll possibly. We'll be sharing a room. Uh, <laughs> sharing a bed. Uh, but I know there are quite a few fans that have reached out to us, and we want to meet you guys too. So it's, uh, uh, I said, we will put more information out as it becomes available. So again, guys, be safe. And everybody, do not forget, once, uh, once everything is over on, uh, uh, over on Sunday, do not forget Sunday. Make sure you wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. It's the most important thing. Um, So, guys, uh, again, I will talk to you guys soon. Be safe. And for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for Ben Fratinelli, for John Stark, I'm Tim Kapper. Watch the rebound off the net.